Thank you for choosing to listen to our very first Recovering Youth podcast. Now, before we go into this first interview, I really want to just give you an introduction to what this podcast is. This podcast was really birthed from this the research I just completed, and I spoke with 15 to 19-year-olds, and some major findings that came out was that we live in a culture where we are not allowed to talk about the things that need to be talked about, and since these youth are so silenced, these create barriers uh, to reconnect, and it is connection that actually allows recovery to happen, true recovery to happen, and so the intention of this podcast is to listen to these youth, really, the young people surviving and recovering in the world today and allow them the space to talk about the things that they feel like they have not been allowed to talk about. They've had to hold back. And by doing this anonymously and, of course, providing supports, they are able to connect globally to all the people around the world who are feeling the same thing that they are feeling. They are breaking down these barriers. They are allowing reconnection to happen. They are building community. They are collaborating. They have agency. They have voice. And that is ultimately what we want to have happen here. We want to give them that space. And so you are not going to hear me, Dr. T, talk very much, or Jesse, my co-host, either. We are going to guide the interview. We're going to ask questions out of curiosity. There, of course, are moments where I get really excited about what they're speaking about and I just can't help but get pumped and jazzed and start talking them really in conversation about it. But truly, we let these youth guide the conversation because it is we want to hear what they have to say. We hear too often what the adults have to say and what they think. And so we are going to allow the insight and wisdom of the recovering youth to actually guide us. And our goal is to really, yes, build that community, but also redefine Define what recovery means. It is not just from substances. There are so many youth that are recovering today and they haven't even touched a substance. Um, and so we really want to provide the space to allow these terms and these taboos and these types of stigma to really transform. And so in this first podcast, you're going to hear a 17-year-old from London who speaks about going to treatment, going to rehab, and then coming back into the world and trying to exist, trying to be someone who's figuring out who she is when she's already gone through something that has considered her stigmatized, that has considered her less than, and she's dealing with these frustrations from culture and society. And so we really hope that you listen, listen open-mindedly and really take in what she has to say. Um, So if you have questions, if you have interest, if you want to be a part of this, I will provide some contact information at the end of the podcast. But truly, we just hope you enjoy, you listen, and you see what it brings up for you. Thank you so much and enjoy. Okay. Welcome to the Recovering Youth Podcast. I'm Dr. T, and I'm here with my man, Jesse, and our esteemed guest, Sara. Thank you for being here, Sara, and welcome. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> um, so first things first, Sara, I think it would be great if you told us just a bit about yourself. Like my background? Your background, who you are. What do you think is relevant to that question? Okay, um, born and raised in England, so the, like, 
mental health isn't really like acceptable over there no one really speaks about anything just kind of like suck it up and just like get a lot move on with your life so I mean growing up in that kind of environment was pretty difficult and like only having certain people to speak about things with but even then like not being able to be fully open that was pretty hard um ethnically like my family is a pretty traditional family like I have all kinds of um ethnicities so everything was pretty traditional like things were set a specific way and that's just kind of how everyone grew up and if you kind of like went away from that then it wasn't it wasn't like it was looked down upon and just wasn't really acceptable it's like in my family everyone's a pretty high achiever so if you don't like meet that level it's not it doesn't really go down well um about me I did a lot of like acting in like classes when I was a kid but I think growing up as a teenager in London just really like like smacks your confidence like you have to be a certain way and like fit in with a certain crowd so having a lot of like outside interests isn't that it's like not really things just kind of like living as a teenager in the UK so there was that and so now I don't really have any of those interests anymore because I just never picked it up after after being a kid and I mean I think about that a lot but it is just something that I think happens like as a little kid you're just so open to everything and then like you become a teenager and everyone's like no you can't be like that it can't be like this so it's hard it is hard where are you now like in life Mm -hmm. um now so I have a job like now I'm doing pretty well I have a job it's tiring and like draining but it's like a good way to keep me like occupied because boredom is like one thing that really isn't good for me like if I get bored then I can just get into all sorts of messes um so yeah I have a job I'm going to college in September which is good because I'm going to get to go back home for it and I won't have to stay across the ocean anymore. (laughs) I'm excited about that. Um, And yeah, I've just really been like taking care of my brothers, setting a better example for them than I did a couple of years ago. And my relationship with my family's got a lot better, but like going to rehab, it just like, it makes you think about a lot. And while you're there, like, they help you deal with it but then once you leave it's like all these things you know and now you just have to like deal with it yourself and make sure you don't get back into it and it's it's harder in the sense that I think before I knew I had a problem but I was kind of oblivious to the exact problem but now that I like know what it is it's quite hard to just like make sure I don't fall back into what I was doing before what do you mean by that like what I was doing before like Like, it's hard to not fall back into it when you are able to recognize it so easily. Because, because like, I recognize, when I, I, like, do things and then I recognize it, but, like, I've done it and then I recognize it, so then I just, like, feel bad about it now. So, like, before, before I would just do it and, like, not think anything of it, but when you know what you're doing and you, like, continue to do it, it makes it harder. So that's what I mean about, like, it's quite mm-hmm. hard. 
now that I know what the problem is. Because you're still a teen and you're still impulsive and not really have any impulse control. Yeah, I am quite impulsive. Is there a level of guilt that comes along with that? Yeah, that there is guilt. Like I, I, I never used to feel bad if I was like rude to my parents or like rude in general. But now like I just say something that isn't even mean. And I'm like, oh my God, why did I do that? Like I just like there is a lot of guilt that comes along with it, but in a way, I think it's good because it's, like, made me more aware of, like, how I affect people. Even if in my head I take it to an extreme sometimes, like, it makes me more, like, understanding of, like, how I say affects my family specifically. Mm-hmm. How do you process that guilt? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I just kind of like, I think I dwell on it for a while in all honesty. And then I, and then I kind of am like, and then I bring myself down off this like high level of guilt. And I'm like, okay, really like what you did wasn't that bad. If I like said something and and I just kind of like, I just like have to make myself feel better mentally because when I carry on a lot of guilt, like I just do, like, I think that was my problem before I used to take drugs because I, like, had a lot of guilt and I and I also felt alone. So mm-hmm. now, and I used to, like, fill it up with that. So now the way I deal with my guilt is I just kind of, like, analyze it. I'm like, okay, was it really, like, that bad what you did and kind of, like, take myself out of that place? Because I don't know, how, like, being guilty is like a bad feeling for me to have. Like it, does, like I don't function well when I'm feeling guilty about a lot of things. So, like mm-hmm. having things to do in my life make it makes it a lot easier. And do you normally process it alone? Yeah, yeah, yes. Do you feel like you can talk to anybody about that? Um, I feel like. Like, there are always these posts on Instagram, like, and it's a weird reference, but it's just, like, you can only speak to your friends about so much because, like, they'll they never really understand it on that level. And I, like, have friends I talk to about things, but obviously, like, my problems aren't their problems, and so I can never really, like, connect with someone with it. And being at SRA, it made me a lot easier, like, it made it easier for me to be able to talk about my feelings, but... Mm-hmm like with my friends they're obviously still like the same as they were when I left just a little bit older so mm-hmm. it's hard to like be able to speak to them and like have them understand because they'll usually just be like oh it's gonna be fine like don't worry about it that's not really helpful it's no. <laughs> <laughs> not helpful mm-hmm. and I mean is there a level of loneliness that happens with that too I think Uh, well for me like my loneliness comes from being like so far away from everything Mm -hmm. I know like and I think that's a bigger like when I feel lonely it's more of like a physical loneliness because I like to be around people it just like makes me feel happier in general but so I don't I don't think I feel lonely I'm trying to have a conversation with someone like and they don't really like understand because part of me in my head like I get it like they didn't do what I did so I can't be pissed off because like they're not giving me good advice like so my loneliness comes from a different place but I definitely could see how like with teenagers not being able to speak to like your best friend even would be so bad 
Absolutely. Um, and do you think that, how do I, I want I'm, I'm curious as to like how you make sense of who you are kind of in this walk of life. Like, you know, when I'm saying, I am Sarah, I am this or that, but you can't openly discuss parts of yourself, even with your best friends. Yeah. Like, so are you asking me like how I feel about that? Well, yeah. And I mean, and how do you, how do you make sense of you in that friendship and you kind of walking this part of your life? Honestly, like, I, like, I used to define myself by what I did. Like, I would just be like, yeah, I do drugs. Like, that That was basically my identity. Mm-hmm. So it's quite hard now to, like, find an identity for myself outside of that, especially because, like, drugs are such a, like, they're such a, like, hi, what's that word when it's just, like, it's so hard to get a- away from them and, like, get mm-hmm. out of it. Like, they drag you in so deep that, like, mm-hmm. you, like, mentally think that's all you have. And so trying to find, like, a new identity that's completely separate from that when that is all you know and it's, like, calling to you, that, that's pretty hard. But right now, I would just say I'm, like, if, I, if someone asked me, like, who I am, I would just be, like, like a normal teenager like I have a job and I'm doing like regular things because I don't really have experience of any other lifestyles so like I have experience with like growing up in a traditional family and then just like doing drugs and just running off into the middle of nowhere like I went from two completely different ends of the scale so for me it's like finding a middle ground and it's quite hard to deal with like when my friends are still doing the same thing. Like, they're not as bad, obviously. Like, they, they're not as bad. And, like, my friends always tell me, like, I feel like you would have, like, stopped if you stayed because a lot of people stop. But then, and I, it's nice to want to believe it, but in my head, I just know, like, I wouldn't have stopped. And so it's quite hard to, like, find who you are. Like, I don't think a lot of teenagers know who they are. It's, it's such a difficult question to answer. It is, and you're answering it beautifully because you don't know who you are as a teen. Yeah, I know, I, no, I don't You don't. I mean, none of us really do. I mean, it's a, it's a process that happens over our entire lifespan, right? It's evolution. We, it, we, it evolves constantly. Um, and just, I'm asking because I think it's fascinating to hear as a teen what are the processes you're going through? What are you thinking? You know, what's affecting that? Mm-hmm. And really, where where are you silenced? Where are you not able to speak about certain parts of yourself um, because of guilt or shame or whatever that is? I think, like, in my family, I, and I'm sure there are other teenagers in the world, like, I'm not the only one that grew up in a traditional family that like has a lot of rules but it definitely feels like that sometimes and so like I don't even know like it's just such a difficult situation like growing up as a teenager you just you just have to like deal with so much and there isn't really a lot you can speak about and I don't really I don't tell people I went to rehab like I just say oh I went to boarding school or I went away and like no one can understand why in the middle of my school I just dropped everything and left but it's not something that I feel like I would be able to tell people because like 
when you tell someone you've been to rehab, the first thing they think of is like, oh, drug addict. And like, even, even that, like if my, if, and I know if I brought a friend home and I was like to my parents, oh, they went to rehab, like they would be concerned that like, I would be getting into drugs because that's my friend. So that's how I always feel when like people, if people that know like their parents would find out and then it would just be like a thing that they don't want them to hang out with me because like of my past. Mm. Yeah, do you feel like because of that, it, it, um, because of, because of that, it can make it challenging to just, let go of of certain identities and when people themselves around you have a hard time letting go of it Mm -hmm. I think what's hard for me is like I was like so accepted when I was doing drugs like Mm -hmm. while like everyone like Mm -hmm. loved me even though it wasn't like real like love and care and affection it just like it feels good to have people around you all the time and even if the only reason you're together is drugs, like that's what I mean when I say drugs are so like that whole lifestyle just like drags you in and it's so hard to get out. So what's hard for me is like, it's so, I always dwell on like, I feel like my life was better, even though it wasn't like, that's how it feels. And now like coming out and being sober, I think it's hard. Like it definitely is hard for me to say like, Oh, I went to rehab, which is why I don't really speak about it. But yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Like, it's just hard to speak about. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's def- I hear what you're saying and it, you know, it's, uh, it sounds like you have such a good perspective over everything and it sounds like you're really coming from that place of being the observer versus identified with different things like you're really like seems like you have a nice perspective where you can just see what's happening but not get too caught in the storm you know Mm -hmm. yeah I think like the problem I had before is like I would just get caught in every like like you just said caught in the storm like every Mm -hmm. little thing like I had to be like in the middle of it, in the center of it. And I never really like observed anything that was actually happening as long as I was like there and having a good time. Yeah. 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 How have you, what tools have you used or just like what, what's really helped you to be able to take a step back and see things and, and, um, and sounds like not take things Mm -hmm. personal too. I you think know, not like, that you would have done that before. Yeah. But just, yeah. I mean, like, uh, although I like did have quite a good, like not a good life before, but I was with people a lot. Like there were still people that didn't like me or like said stuff about me. And as a kid, mm. but my mom would always tell me like, it's fine. Like, don't worry. Like you're tough. So growing up, I've never really taken things personally anyway, but I also think that, that like created a wall for me because I didn't, I didn't take anything at all. Like it went from like mm. just not taking, like I just wouldn't take anything from anyone. And that actually ended up impacting me in a negative way because I just ran around thinking I was the shit and like I was invincible, which actually got me into a lot of bad situations. And um, I think the best, the thing that like helped me get through it the most was like, 
obviously when I was in rehab there was other people there and so like being around people that are going through the same thing as you helped and right. now like I have a friend that I can speak to about pretty much anything which is which is nice because she's my best friend from home and nothing's really changed between us like m my parents don't really like her and her parents don't really like me but because of all this stuff that happened but she's probably my biggest support because of the things that I can talk to her about and I just feel comfortable speaking to her so I think the biggest way to help like cope with things is just have having someone that you can speak to but I know that, that is just not a thing with teenagers yeah to. yeah it sounds like a really great way of not of having that balance of like not disassociating from things that are that you feel and then having a healthy way to to really work with those things that come up yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense hmm. so why do you say that's not really a thing with teenagers because i just like teenage like most people i know jump from like friendship group to friendship group best friend to best friend and it's just like no one really gets to know each other for long enough like my best friend, I've been friends with her for five years. And like, we, yeah, we've had arguments, but we've always been able to resolve them. And I think a thing with teenagers is just everyone, I think everyone, a lot of people have that wall up of just, I'm not going to take this. And so people just distance themselves from each other. Like something happens that they don't like or, or just like petty, like teenage drama, like, oh, you kiss my boyfriend. And then you've just lost like a real friendship for over one stupid thing. And I think like a teenagers emotions, like, and I know it happens with me, like everything that I'm feeling comes out in an argument in the past because it's just, it's been kept up so much. And so you like hyper-focus on one thing, but it's really about so many other things and it just destroys your friendships. So do you think if if you guys were able to talk about these things over that span of time, as opposed to feeling you have to stuff it down to be a certain persona as a team, that your friendships would look different? Yeah, I do, actually, because, like, you would be able to get things out. And I just know from experience, like, when you have someone to talk to that you feel comfortable with, there's, there's almost, like, even if they're impartial, like a therapist is, when your parents tell you something you just get pissed off and when your friends tell you something you're just like oh yeah 100% I agree yeah. so having so having someone to speak to that even like a therapist or just it's honestly better when it's a friend not a therapist because mm -hmm. you feel more mm -hmm. connected it just everything would look different because there's no like nothing's hidden and you're not wondering about what the other persons think you're feeling like treading on ice to make sure that they get upset and I think things would look different and there would be less secrets and like bad feelings about what's happening and like a lot less shame because mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of things that happen in teenagers lives are with their families and like a lot of people don't feel comfortable speaking about their backgrounds because like oh you're either rich or you're poor and if you're poor like that means something bad about you and you would never like speak to the rich kids about it. Like, it's just, there's so many like things, the criteria you have to meet. And I think it just negatively impacts teenagers a lot. 
I very much agree with you. <laughs> and I'm so <laughs> pumped that you just said that. Um, I just want us all to be aware that um, we've got about nine minutes left. Okay, that's fine. Uh, yeah. Which is sad. It is sad. <laughs> it is sad. I mean, really, we in nine well, minutes, I can keep messy off, and then you and I can keep talking, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, we can catch up. Um, I... Oh my gosh, I wrote something down. I wanted to talk to you about it and I just really forgot what it was. It will come back to you. I know it will. There's so many things I want to ask. Jesse, do you have anything? Well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm hearing what you're saying and it's, it's just so in alignment with what our intention with the podcast is really. And, and it's just that I think it's amazing how much confirmation like it feels like we're getting, but then, and also like I've heard you talk about uh, the isolation, guilt, things like that, and not being able to talk about what's going on and then having a platform like this to talk about it. Do you think, do you find that, that that's something that can help a lot of people? Mm-hmm. I think this would be helpful, especially because it's anonymous. Like, I hate that it even mm-hmm. has to be anonymous, but I think hearing, like, having people hear other teenagers speak will, like, help people. I don't know. Even if it's just, like, hearing someone that has the same problems with you and, like, understands you, even if you'll never meet them, like, never be able to see them in person, it's, like, mentally helpful to know that you're not the only person that has the life you have. Because I think, for me personally, that's, like, I always think like no one else's life is like mine. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one in the whole world that like this has happened to. And it's just not true. Like it's just not factual. So I think hearing it from a teenager's mouth, not like a therapist or like an adult telling yeah. you the only one mm-hmm. will be helpful. Right. Cause we're not so easy to believe sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not yeah. in your shoes at all. Yeah. It's so yeah. true. And we're not, not only are we not in your shoes, we're not in your generation. I mean, yeah. you have, you're dealing with things we didn't deal with. I mean, there's a total disconnect. Yeah. So having people that are walking the same walk at the same time is so important for you. Yeah, it definitely is. I think yeah, it's-, it's very educational for us, really. It's like, just, I mean, just even this 40 minutes is, feel like I've already learned so much from listening to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think this could really help people. Like, I feel like it would have helped me before I went to rehab if I found it. But also it's mm-hmm. like, it's getting people in. Like, people have to be, like, willing to want to hear it and just hear other teenagers speak, which, and I would I would be more willing to hear a teenager speak than I would be hearing an adult speak. Mm-hmm. So. I think this is actually a really good thing. I think so. And even if people are not necessarily willing to listen, like they can listen and not have anybody know, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Like there's no yeah. out ability. Like, Oh, I'm not, what I'm not doing this. And I, but really you can have those secrets. Yeah. We know don't really serve us. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. It's so crazy how it all links together. Mm-hmm. 
It is crazy. I have to share my findings with you because I think you'll love them. Okay. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, I have to give them to you in a nice, pretty way so they're not so intense. <laughs> so if we were to ask you, because I want to be cognizant of our time, um, if we were to ask you to provide advice for somebody going through your situation or in your walk or have the background that you do, um, what, what would, what advice would you give them? What would you share with them or what would have been helpful for you? I think what would have been helpful for me, like if it's, if someone my own age said to me, like before when I was doing drugs and everything, they were just like, you know, like look around you and look at who your friends are. Like, pick out the people that really care about you because like what you're doing now, you have to separate your real friends from your partying friends. And, and I would also tell myself like, you're not alone. Like, even though you don't want your family around, you have them like that. That's a part of you. And like, you're not alone in that sense. And like, even if you don't have any friends or you think you don't have any friends, like there is at least one person that likes you and someone you can speak to. Like, I, I would just tell myself, like, you're not alone because I think mm -hmm. my biggest thing was loneliness and I was just filling it up with, with magic pills and like drinks to put it all away. But it's just so unhealthy and you're just going to explode one day and that explosion is going to be... Mm -hmm. mental to your life but I think I would have had to hear myself say that like mm -hmm. which is why I think this is so good to hear like a teenager say it because if if my parents tried to say that to me it just would have been in one ear out the other but also when you get to that point you create some disconnect from them right because you have that guilt and you have that you don't want you really don't want to be hurting them and you don't want to be doing anything to them but you have to keep that distance. So mm -hmm. that's an kind of almost an automatic reaction. If you yeah. say something, I'm going to say no, because you need to stay. So a certain distance from me. That's so true. Yeah. And I think for me, like my guilt and my shame, like all translated into anger. Like I was such an angry person and it's because like, I would have so much guilt about things. So I would just take it out on people, mainly my parents. And I would get angry about things. Like I would fight every battle and it's just not worth like fighting every battle, especially with your family, because like at the end of the day, they're the ones that are going to be there for you. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, I love that and just based on what our time is i feel that might be a good ending point mm -hmm. uh, so jesse do you want to say anything before we get cut off yeah thank you so much for taking the time to come on here and talk and yeah it's, it's uh such an honor and really educational for danielle dr t and i <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah just and uh no yeah thank you of course i'm glad i could help well you're help. awesome and i'm gonna um in a minute here kick jesse off so that i can just talk to you okay um 
but thank you, Sara, for participating and being like one of my number one fans so that we can get things going. Of course, I want you to kick this off the right way. Heck yeah, and it's got to be with you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I guess we're going to sign off, but Jay Money, do you mind if uh, (laughs) I have you hang up so I can chat with Sarah for a little bit? No, not at all. Nice to meet you. And it was nice yeah, to meet you. You're, you're doing just fine, <laughs> which I'm sure you already know. And yeah, <laughs> I really, cause how, how, well, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm 17. Wow. Yeah. You're doing great. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. She's pretty badass. Yeah. I mean, gosh, if I had that much wisdom at 17, <laughs> you know, but better later than never. <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> All right, we'll take care. I'll see you soon, Dr. T. Okay, y'all, that was our first one. It was a little rough. We didn't have a ton of time, um, and I continued the conversation later, and we're really hoping to bring Sarah back for another interview because uh, she has so much to add to this conversation. If you have any questions, if you want to get in contact with us, um, you can email us at recoveringyouth at gmail.com. We also exist on Instagram and Snapchat, Recovering Youth Podcast on Instagram and Recovering Youth on Snapchat, and we really look forward to connecting please reach out if you are interested in being on this podcast we want to hear from you you have something to say it is important we look forward to look forward to hearing from you one love y'all peace